Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vent. This is Vent Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. get a cracking hey and welcome to vent weekly i'm sabrina and i'm santos each episode we get to the bottom of a topic that we think is important last year a report from bernardo's found that british shoppers were ready to spend 2.7 billion pounds over summer on outfits that would only get worn once oh my god that's a lot of money so when did clothes become disposable the last time I actually ordered clothes or shoes online, if I'm being brutally honest. Last week. And before that, the last time I think I ordered something online was two weeks ago. A couple months ago. I've never actually done it for myself because I'm one of those old fashioned guys that goes into the shop and likes to take a nice browse. Sometime last year. But I am going on holiday and I'm going to order a few stuff this week. We've invited Vice UK's executive editor, Zing Singh, and staff writer, Lauren O'Neill, to talk about their reporting on fast fashion. Hey, Zing and Lauren. Could you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Hello, I'm Lauren. Uh, I'm a staff writer at Vice. I wrote mostly about culture stuff. Uh, We've been doing a little focus on fast fashion, and I've written a few articles about that. Hey, I'm Zing Singh. I'm the executive editor of Vice UK, and I've been commissioning and editing some of the stories that we've put up about fast fashion. Nice. So just to start off, like, when was the last time everyone here ordered clothes online? Um, um, mine would probably be last week. What did you get? This top. I'm <laughs> <laughs> very nice it is too. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, mine actually, I am really bad for buying clothes and buy them all the time. But at the start of the year, like before Christmas, I was like, no more. This cannot continue. I'm wasting money. I like throw clothes away all the time and I feel really bad about the environment. So I decided to stop and I haven't bought anything all year. Wow. I bought nice. a bag. I bought a big bag backpack so that my shoulders were supported and not like with rubbish like tote bags all the time that's Mm. the only thing I bought wait so is your goal not to buy anything the whole year not to buy anything (laughs) useless basically oh okay and like only buy things that are like that I'm gonna keep using basically because I feel like I would buy like something off like ASOS or whatever and then only wear it two times and then it would just go in the drawer you know so um I'm trying hard to reduce my consumption because I feel really guilty about it. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to only buy things that I know I'm going to use that I definitely need, like walking boots yeah, and right. socks and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, I used to be so bad. Zing and I are both bad. I Can I say. just say that like this makes me feel like a lot better because when before we done this and I knew that I was interviewing you guys, I thought, oh, they probably never buy any clothes. They probably care about the environment so much. So I thought I mm-hmm. might get judged a bit. But I'm glad to know that you guys 
buy clothes just as much as I do. Yeah, I only really like buy shoes online though, cause like I know what my size are, and I often get like I'm quite simple when it comes to shoes. I like my Air Force ones, so I'll get like either the all whites or the all blacks. And obviously, like, I know my size, so instead of having to leave to go buy a new pair, mm-hmm. I can just order them online. But what I found with clothes is that sometimes you know you have that find my size thing on the on the yeah. websites and stuff, but it gives you a size it gets there and it's sometimes it's not always right so i find it like easier to just go out and buy clothes because you can try it on before you buy it but i'd say yeah like i ordered a pair of shoes like two days ago some new basketball shoes i mean that's the right approach i would say yeah. mm-hmm. to actually go in a shop and try things on and be like i actually do like this rather than just being at work at four o'clock after you're tired after your lunch <laughs> or whatever and putting it in your basket yeah. and then just being like oh comes the next day and you don't even like it yeah so could you guys <laughs> give us the definition of fast fashion uh fast fashion is a kind of piece of clothing or uh, a trend or something that it goes from concept to being able to buy it incredibly quickly and follows trends and obviously as uh, most trends are sort of established online these days that's got even quicker and the demand and supply has become even faster and we're in a situation now where we can you know get anything we want basically immediately with home delivery as well uh, being a big part of that yeah and I think what's also important to note is that with fast fashion it's about volume as well mm. so it's not just about you know one tailor sees like a concept sketch and manages to sew it together in 15 days it's literally like several thousand tailors and people in factories producing thousands and thousands of units which are then going to get shipped all across the world to all the different stores so there's this whole sense of scale and size and speed it's not just you know seeing something on the catwalk and then replicating it once it's about being able to deliver that product to thousands of people around the world around the same time so like just getting into the development of fashion like how much did technology and the internet like is that one of the main things that kind of made fashion what it is today or were there like other things that helped that as well? I mean, I wrote, one of the things that I wrote for this Fast Fashion Week was a history of fast fashion. And so in the UK, about in the 1800s, uh, when the high street first became a thing in the UK, lots of innovations that followed the Industrial Revolution uh, were kind of started being applied to clothes and people stopped getting their clothes made by the local dressmaker or something like that. And there would be like clothes that were made like en masse. And essentially that's just like grown and grown and grown in volume as globalization has also happened. Um, and as we've sort of like got the internet to that has kind of been exacerbated and especially with social media because so much of um, the current fast fashion situation because I think now when we think of fast fashion, we think of like Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, like all those kind of websites that are like, proliferate massively on social media Uh, and I think um, the influence of social media and influencers being able to advertise directly to consumers is also a big part and that's kind of like the next frontier of fast fashion because obviously the high street came before this too. We heard from a designer who would basically say oh you know I used to work for these brands and you would see something like Kylie would put up a picture of a certain dress and people would scramble to try and figure out how to reverse engineer it so how to design it what fabric it is who's going to manufacture it how are they going to get it up in their retail store like ASAP mm. I think they did that with um, Kim Kardashian's dress once and then she wanted to sue Fashion Nova because they yeah. did a similar outfit that she wore but obviously we don't have money that they have so now when we see them wearing it and some of these big artists like for example like um, Cardi B, she wears clothes from Fashion Nova, which is actually quite accessible for us and quite yeah. cheap. So we can actually afford that. So, I mean, if you can afford it and they're wearing it, there's nothing really stopping us from buying it. 
it's just mad the way now industry is tied in with fashion and then it's not just like the music industry but then it's like the film industry as well because there are like classic movie scenes where again a, a woman might be wearing a dress that someone might want to replicate for a certain occasion or whatever it is it's often like trends in it for example if Kylie Jenner posted a picture with a dress and it got a million likes in an hour then obviously that's that's the most like dress in the past hour that how many girls would want to wear you know what I'm saying exactly. so, it's like a, a built-in sales campaign for yeah. them immediately and if they can get it up on the website people will definitely buy it so you can totally see the motivation it's just kind of the impact that it then has is like that's when it becomes sort of like a murkier problem I think yeah so there have been lots of issues if you know the kind of ethics of producing clothes like this so quickly, so cheaply, um, in such huge volumes. One of the interesting things we did uh, as part of this fast fashion editorial series is we went and asked our Snapchat audience, how many times have you bought something once, worn it, and then just chucked it? And it was about like one in four people had done that. It was 23% of about nine and a half thousand respondents. And that's between like the age of 18 and 24, pretty much. So, But what do you mean by like, just chuck it, like wear it and then throw it yeah. in the bin? So you would wear it once and then you just bin yeah. it. I, I get that like between the ages of 18 and 24, because like when you're quite young, your parents buy you your clothes and it's kind of like, they're going to only buy you new clothes when that, that clothes is like literally worn out, like you've worn it to the max and then you'll get new clothes. But obviously as you get older, you get that sense of freedom where, okay, I can wear what I want, dress how I like, buy the things that I like. But it's almost as if you're spoiled for choice now because you can get anything you want and then it's like, okay, maybe I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I like that more. Because obviously I feel like the way people dress is like a reflection of them as well. So it's, it's like, it's a very interesting thing. I don't really know where clothes go when you throw them away. I've definitely been in a market in West Africa where there are a lot of clothes that have come off ships and stuff. I don't throw clothes away. I put it in the charity bag. They come and collect it and it goes to charity. Well, when I throw them away, I I do put them in the recycling bin. I don't bother sending it to a charity shop because what's the point? It's not really going to benefit the guy who purchases it next. It's been worn out. I think the most important thing is to realise that none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. So it's not like you magically see a cute outfit on Boohoo or Misguided and you buy it, it magically appears in your in your house and then you wear it once and you throw it away and it magically disappears. So like behind that whole process, there's an army of people who are, you know, designing it, who are making it, who are packing it, distributing it, handling your returns. Um, and then, you know, when you throw it away, that needs to go somewhere as well. Mm. So you have uh, piles and piles of clothing ending up in places like, for instance, Ghana, which is one of the destinations for all of the UK's like textile waste. So, you know, there'll be there have been stories coming out of that country where people have gone to mar- clothing markets and they'll see Primark, they'll see Topshop, they'll see Miss Selfridge. And it all just ends up as a dumping ground for places Uh, in other places that aren't the UK. But because we don't see it, it's like out of sight, out of mind. All my old clothes go into my mum's suitcase and she ships that to Nepal. It goes straight to Nepal because we just always give our old clothes there. So I've never actually thrown away something. But for the people who do, 
what do you think they should do with their clothes then? Like, what is the alternative? You can take them to the charity shop, um, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah, that's what um, I do. Yeah, I mean, same. Um, although often if you take them to the charity shop, they don't always end up getting sold and sometimes they get thrown out after that. But um, at least it gives it kind of like a chance. You can also sell them um, on like Depop or whatever. Depop's amazing. Um, and it's like a really easy, it's easier than eBay, I think. But you can also sell them on eBay. Um, but then I think probably what I would say is just to try to stop buying them <laughs> um, because that's been sort of like just from my own personal experience it actually is kind of good to just stop because it makes you wear the stuff you've already got more and just like kind of you save money also I think that's something I'm trying to do as well because when your friend says oh I'm going out to eat for my birthday or we're gonna go clubbing the first initial thought that we all think is we need to buy a new outfit like you need something new to wear even though you already have something and you can match it with something different and it will be a whole new outfit but you don't think that way and I sometimes even find myself going to my friends and trying to justify why I'm not buying a new outfit which should be like the other way around like that shouldn't be my first thought so I definitely think like society has a influence as well about just putting up an image that you have to have new clothes you yeah. have to have the best because you have to have what's in trend right now like the latest I feel like that's a huge pressure like especially on young people and it's it's like it depends in it like obviously some people like look at like for, for example shoes I look after my shoes quite well but then it gets to a certain point mm -hmm. where you can't really look after them anymore and you need a new pair. But it's kind of like, yeah, after a while, I feel like some people might feel pressure because it's like, okay, like these aren't brand new anymore. I've been wearing them for like maybe two, three months now. And like my, my friends might laugh at me because their shoes are like fresher than mine mm. or just stuff like that. But there shouldn't really be like, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. It's, it's, it's the, if you have shoes on your feet, you're blessed because somewhere in the world, someone's walking barefoot. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, like all of these pressures and it's with everything more than just like fashion. And yeah, I just feel like those just need to get cancelled. <laughs> I agree. I also think that um, you're definitely not alone in that because so when I was writing this long, big history of fast fashion, I spoke to an author called Lauren Bravo who wrote a book uh, which came out earlier this year called How to Break Up with Fast Fashion. And a massive part of her book is actually about how in the UK, especially, we have like this kind of Thing ingrained in our national psyche about like buying new clothes and I think that's because um, as um, Seppa one of the editors uh, pointed out when we were working on my piece that the UK has for 200 years been a garment creating nation we've been making clothes forever so we've always found it really easy to buy clothes here so we've got it we, you know we're born into a society where we're you know buying clothes and buying new clothes is just kind of how it is you know yeah. it's not even necessarily like about uh individuals sh needing to feel guilty about that it's just like our national thing and it's got to become from like the government if things are going to change you know um so uh, like last year i think last summer the government were offered a load of proposals um by a cross-party group of mps so it's like people who aren't really like doing it because they've got any sort of like motivations politically for doing it it's just because they think that this is an issue that needs to be dealt with and um so yeah this cross-party group of mps made lots of recommendations including uh, a 1p garment tax on things like um you know on places like h&m boohoo pretty little thing and stuff like that for the government to say to all these retailers listen 
you've got to somehow raise this 1p tax on every garment that you sell um in order to like for for the industry the fashion industry to look into garment recycling programs and how we actually deal with all this waste and the government actually rejected the proposals and it's 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 really interesting and really sad symbolic um, yeah exactly do they have a reason why i mean uh, presumably it's it's to do with business and it's to do with um you know not wanting to add further taxation onto businesses because obviously 1p for one garment you know whatever it doesn't really if you're paying an extra penny on your thing, yeah. you don't care. But when it comes to like the businesses and how many garments they sell or whatever, it comes to loads and loads of money. Um, and the businesses would have to be responsible for that. And obviously they can just make their clothes more expensive, but for some reason that isn't mm. seen as something that they want to do or whatever. But why are their clothes so cheap? How does it become so cheap for us? I mean, I guess... lots of. I mean, yeah. there's lots of reasons. Basically, one of the fundamental ones is that they underpay everyone who produces those clothes. And who works in their warehouses and, and everything like that. Hate yeah, that. I've heard a lot about that. Because it's usually developing countries, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That. But also, even in the warehouses in the UK, where, you know, your orders are sent and distributed and packed, people there aren't, you know, on a very good wage either so it's at every single point in the process someone's own profits are being squeezed so that the companies can deliver you the most cost effective or like the cheapest garment mm-hmm. possible even coming from someone who you know used to shop at top shop and zara and h&m like the idea of purchasing any kind of item for under a tenner just seems mad to me on pretty little thing you can buy dresses for five pounds like there's literally a section yeah. called dresses for five that pounds. is you're right <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about any of that still <laughs> one of the big things about this fast fashion thing is that places like the quick retailers like online places like boohoo pretty little thing that upload all these like really like trend-led pieces of clothing friends we don't shop at h&m anymore yeah. or like um places like next mm. or next is the biggest online clothes retailer in the uk no yeah. way <laughs> maybe it's old older it's people a generational yeah, yeah i was about to say older because i think my mom actually my mom doesn't shop my mom doesn't shop at next she shops at bon Prix. Oh yeah, yeah. So they'd have an online, a big online thing as well. But I also wanted because me and my mum do this, and I don't know if this is wrong, but like you said, you know how you go into the shops and you try it yeah, on, yeah. and then you know that what size is. I actually order like five sizes and try it on, and then the ones that don't fit me, I send it back. Are you? That, that's like <laughs> yeah. Santos's face that's a whole like, process. I... Loads of all my friends do that. We order like the three sizes, so small, like six. Eight, ten, see which one fits, yeah. and then th- those that don't fit, you send it back. Because also with those stores, the sizing is always really off, isn't it? Mm. Like you, each different thing will, will be, look, be different, different sizes. sizes. Yeah. Maybe one day you'll forget to return them, and then oops, you've just paid for all of it. I never and that, forget, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. That's good. You don't forget, <laughs> but there are going to be so many people who just forget to return, or just stuff, can't be bothered and leave it. Yeah. I've done that so many times, which is so bad. But can never and, be me still. <laughs> and it really, it, Actually, it will boost those sales. Yeah, yeah, because one time I ordered something. And it never came. It was an eight pound top, but I just thought, you know what? Like, I was gonna call, do that email, something. But I was like, you know what? Just forget it. Yeah. So I, can't, I just, I just lost eight pounds. But like you said, I'm lazy. Like I just I don't care. So oh you see, days. fast fashion in general. Then, do you think that's aimed at younger people? No, because I think it's like so the whole British high street, pretty much, other than like. I don't know, there are definitely certain businesses that produce their clothes in different ways, but every every place, like Primark, like, 
you know, all the big chains like that will to some degree use that sort of um, supply system of, um, you know, using factories overseas, paying their workers very little and getting clothes in really quickly. Like Zara, for example, is like, I think one of the world's biggest fast fashion chains. And that's not just aimed at young people. No, I feel like it's fair to say that the entire UK is just hooked on fast fashion. Whatever age you are, whatever shop you go to, almost all of it can be considered fast fashion. Do you think that like influences other countries and cities though? Because I like, I make music and I know how influential the, the UK industry, the UK scene is on like places like America and other places in the world. Do you think it's like a similar trend with fashion? I think because of like the global aspect of a lot of the chains or whatever. So places like Zara, they got stores in hun- in like 100 countries, maybe even more. Uh, and similar with H&M, they're in America, they're everywhere. So I think it's like less like countries influencing each other and more just like capitalism in general being so like powerful, widespread, uh, the most influential thing in the whole world. And that's kind of, it, it's, it's beyond a country level, you know, it's kind of like, transcends that I don't know what do you think Zing? yeah I think it's true because these companies are huge so you know Zara is going to be in like dozens and dozens of different countries same for Topshop mm. um, ASOS is like international now it ships all the way yeah. to New Zealand and the warehouse is literally in the UK so I think that it's less about country specific problems but about like global problems mm-hmm. and the entire world is pretty much hooked on this idea that you know you have to consume more to like show that you're more successful to show that you know you've got money and that's kind of a a mentality that we have to kick ourselves out of because at the end of the day the planet's literally like dying Mm. we kind of can't afford to consume as much as possible i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today I watched Love Island, man. I saw Alex wearing some cool shorts for the summer, so I thought, yeah, let me let me buy those. I have bought clothes from seeing it online. It was Chief Keith wearing his own brand. Whenever I watch films, whenever I watch TV, so let's say, for example, Brad Pitt's brown jacket in Fight Club, I distinctly remember buying a jacket like that. It just made me look cool. I also um, wanted to know your opinion on like, because before we talked about how when Kylie Jenner wears an outfit, we all want to wear that outfit. But I feel like Kylie Jenner is just like a super, super famous person. But also if we remember like just influences in general, like especially from the UK and people that are, for example, on Love Island and how when Love Island was on, it was sponsored by... I saw it first. I saw it first, Mm -hmm. that's it. I get that confused with in the style. (laughs) But yeah, how it sponsors. So do you feel like influencers as well have so much power? Because like when they post a picture on Instagram, they always tag like where they got their outfits and... And how you can purchase Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things... So the book I was talking about earlier, Lauren Bravo's book, How to Break Up with Fast Fashion, one of the things she talks about in that is how...
how we can get out of it. And one of those things that she talks about is about influencers and how influencers, because they have so much influence, can actually like change the situation. So if influencers, for example, like started wearing their clothes more than once in a post and, you know, things like encouraging their followers, like not necessarily to buy things, but maybe found new ways of creating their own revenue or whatever that isn't always about like getting people to buy new things that could be like actually really positive I think also the thing that not a lot of people realize about celebrities and how they appear in like so many different outfits all the time is that these outfits were been gifted by a fashion label I was gonna mention that and you know like if you see someone on like the Oscars red carpet they're not taking that dress home that dress is going straight back to like Chanel Gucci you Mm. know they don't get to keep this kind of stuff and it's like the fashion brands who are trying to convince us that you need to own all of this stuff. There's actually quite an interesting little micro trend, I guess, if of companies setting themselves up as fashion rental companies. Yeah. So if you have, say, a really expensive bag and you're like, well, I don't even use it that much. I'm not getting much value for money. You can upload it to their website and people can rent it off you at, for a price per day. So then when they're done with their special occasion, they send it back to you. And I think that's really interesting because then it's like, do you really need to own that? pair of jeans do you really need to own that pair of like shoes you can just rent it out yeah. for money mm-hmm. so and wear it once yeah like, and wear it once from renting cars to renting exactly. handbags yeah. and but but to be honest um a lot of us actually already do that so um so i've done this once <laughs> this is so bad so you know when you order something online if you just keep the label oh yeah if you just wear it once and just yeah. wear it once and just hide the label nobody sees and then you can return it because it it works i mean that's environmentally friendly yeah. Well, there you go. I respect that. However, <laughs> they um, online retailers and stuff have de- um, decided to put like a little string over the. I don't know what it's called. It's like a plastic string, and you you can only wear the outfit once that's broken. Right. So once that's broken, right. you can't return it. So now they now they've started to be Tactics. smart with it. But yeah, we used to do that a lot. After everything we've just discussed, like, what does the future of like fast fashion look like? I mean, hopefully not more of the same, but probably more of the same. Um, I think it's just getting quicker. Trends uh, proliferate on the internet quicker than ever. And then the brands scramble to replicate them and make new trends. Um, But I hope that more sort of like environmentally conscious sort of initiatives start happening. Definitely places like Zara and H&M have pledged uh, various things, but it's also kind of like, is it too little too late? Is Are the landfills already so heaving that it's like not really going to cause any sort of difference? And I suppose that we won't really know that till, till it happens. To be honest, there's never going to be a good time to quit fast fashion because the rest of society is going to keep telling you, no, you need to like buy new stuff. You need to show that you're on trend. Like your friends all have this like new thing. Why don't you get it? And the best thing for the planet would be if people could start being able to tune that kind of voice out and just start looking at what they already have and thinking, oh, I can actually reuse that. Oh, I can style it a different way. Oh, I can actually like swap it with a friend, you know, and then then we might actually be able to do something about the problem of fast fashion. Thank you, Zing, and thank you, Lauren, for speaking to us about fast fashion. I feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> So, Sabrina, how did you find the conversation we just had with Zing and Lauren? In my mind before, I thought fast fashion was like pretty little thing, boohoo, um, maybe ASOS, but like just online stores. Because it's so accessible, I just thought people just shopped a lot there. But it's not just these online stores. It's 
Next, it's Zara. It's still considered as fast fashion. Anything in excess is, is you know, once you get into the habit of doing it as well, like, in a sense, it's, it's an addiction. Like, some people can't start their day without having a cup of coffee, for example. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And then it kind of takes 28 days to, to break a habit. If you get into a habit of buying stuff excessively, like, I don't know if, if it might take longer than 28 days to break that habit. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. I've been Sabrina. And I've been Santos. And thanks a lot to Zing and Lauren for coming in. You can find more of their work on vice.com. This episode was produced by the Vent production team, Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Ali Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.